are now listening to Abstract Thought, a podcast where creatives talk about their inspirations, current projects, past projects, and where they're headed in the future. Today, I am sitting down with the one and only Emily Gable of Indianapolis. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Nice. Chilling. Beautiful day outside. Yeah. Nice and sunny. We're out of winter, officially. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. Things are moving. Yeah. <laughs> felt, felt like a long time coming, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Um, before we get too into our conversation, if you can give our listeners um, maybe a link to like social media or something to check out your work as we discuss it. Okay, yeah, uh, I have a pretty up to date Instagram. Follow me at Bootleg Sign Co. Um, I have a website, bootlegsignco.com, and just check those out. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, sweet. Um, I guess to just jump off, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you come from. Okay. Wow, this is open-ended. Um, I'm a muralist slash sign painter in Indianapolis, and uh, I just love what I do. I keep... <laughs> <laughs> nice, this is hard. Nice. No, it's all good. You're doing great. I got to get loosey-goosey here. Loosey-goosey. Um yeah, I moved here um, back in 2007 uh, after I graduated high school in Peru, Indiana. Small town gal, moved to the big city. Nice. Uh, planned to go to Heron School of Art. Um, studied painting there, just loved it. Um, fell in love with the art community. I mean, it was kind of in the beginning of the sorts uh, for indie and becoming like a kind of small art community. Um, so I couldn't leave, I was stuck here. And I've been stuck here, and it's been so cool to see everyone kind of flourish and um, create their own sense of identity as an artist, and everyone kind of like pump each other up too. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, that's not about me, but that's about. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I went to Heron too for VC, so. VC. Yeah. I knew a lot of VC kids. Those were a different breed. Yeah. That's what Lizzie and I were just talking about. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like the designers were always like, they seemed like mathematicians almost in the, the design building. Yes. Like they're all focused and, you know. Right. They had their computers. Yeah. It's just a whole different realm kind of. Yeah. I never which, really got to see them. And it's funny because as a muralist and I imagine you too, like, mm -hmm. you know, you still have to delve in Illustrator. And, oh, so and much. things in the digital realm. So I, I always wished that it was a little bit more connected and oh the for sure and the designers kind of work together sometimes yeah it's so weird because it, yeah it, it really is like i have a lot of vc in my job as a muralist you have to create mock-ups and digitally render a lot of the clients really want to see like what you want to create for them and so that can only really be done through you know just like taking a picture of the wall and then kind of digitally rendering on top of that and that was new for me, and I didn't really get into Photoshop until, I mean, like I dabbled in it through college, but I don't have the knowledge that I have now that I had to like self-teach myself, you know, like mm -hmm. um, luckily there was, you know, like Procreate and I got an iPad and an iPencil and oh my gosh, that was just like the easiest thing for me to do. and. I think that really taught me a lot about Photoshop. Like, I feel like I could dab, like, go back into Photoshop. I don't, and just like know my way around it. But I still am just like kind of clueless hmm. in the Photoshop realm of things. Yeah, Procreate is like it's like Photoshop light in a way. I mean, yeah. you've got blend modes, you've got layers. 
Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing about Photoshop is just understanding kind of layers. Like if you've never delved uh -huh. in layers, I mean, for me early on when I was learning that stuff, it was like, okay, what is a layer? How does this work? Mm -hmm. You know, what is, okay, I put something on screen. What does that mean? I put right. something on multiply. What are we talking about here? <laughs> so it, just being able to know blend modes and stuff and like a clipping mask and, mm -hmm. and overlays and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I wish there was something like Procreate that I could have kind of delved into. Yeah. Um, do you use fonts and stuff within Procreate or do you do most of your lettering and stuff hand done? Um, I try to do a lot of hand done, but there's so many good fonts out there. It's, um, but it's hard to do with Procreate. Hmm. You're saying like, cause they don't really, they just started adding like type into their fonts, into their program or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like in the last, I'm not, I'm more in like Photoshop and Illustrator. Oh, okay. I, I've played with Procreate a little bit and yeah. just drawn some stuff here and there. Yeah. But I probably don't have the, the extensive knowledge that you do about okay. it. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. what, where are they at with type right now? Um, in the very beginnings, uh, I mean, it's just kind of like pretty limited with play and like, I really like some funky fonts out there. Uh, I really want to just like kind of keep it DIY in a, in the font, font realm. But um, so I, do, I try to do a lot of uh, hand-drawn font. Nice. Yeah. That's what's up. Do you have um, like certain places you go to find fonts or, or what, what types of fonts are you gravitated towards that you want to um, create stuff with? Man, um, Defont. I mean, Classic. all those, uh, you know, websites, but, uh, I do have, I'm a heavy Pinterest gal. I'm sorry. I have to say it. Nothing wrong with that. Pinterest is such a cool place for artists, um, to get just like references on design. Um, I mean, I have a whole font folder that I can go back to and reference and kind of pull that into procreate and kind of just play with that and play with different fonts and, um, pick and choose. I mean, but I do get a lot of like. I take a lot of inspo um, pictures from like albums, like album art or um, old signage that I find like out and about and just kind of take from that. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> I don't know what Pinterest is doing with their algorithm, but somehow like if you're into something, Pinterest is like, here's like all of it, man. Yeah. <laughs> like it feels like Instagram back when Instagram's algorithm was a little bit better and it could help yeah. like curate some of that stuff for you but yeah pinterest it's it's wild i did i dive in every now and again mm -hmm. i just feel like i can find what i'm looking for really quickly even just a cursory search can yeah. really you could start building albums and then it'll even better know your algorithm and what you want to see for sure it's pretty intense yeah i love it so much so do you, <laughs> do you follow a bunch of different people on pinterest or is it just general I... pinterest search general pinterest search i mean i don't pay attention to any like friends or anything like that but it's just uh yeah i just go on my for you page and it's just perfect i just go nice. in and start i like this i'll put that in my album i'll put this in my yeah i have like a pattern album font um furniture i mean it goes every which way so that's rad yeah <laughs> i'm a bit of a pinterest noob but do you like when you say you're building albums, do people follow you to see your albums or how does that oh, work? Because no. it is like a social media app, right? Yeah, I don't view it as that. I don't really pay attention. I don't think anyone follows me. I'm pretty, I don't know. I just kind of keep more to curatorial. myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Because <laughs> I, I think I have a Pinterest, but I like, I don't really know what I was doing on it. 
Yeah. I, I just know. <laughs> I like... think we're all this. <laughs> we're just like, we don't know how socially how Pinterest works, but visually it works really well. <laughs> yeah. Me. I mean, when I was working in advertising, we made Pinterest ads for companies all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was kind of strange to me. because Yeah. And it, it's weird too, because Pinterest ads, well, Facebook ads and Instagram ads, they're, you know, they're all just a square or like a small little ad. Yeah. Pinterest ads were always kind of cool because it's, you can have just an endless length. So the ad can be, I think it's like 780 pixels wide by like as long as you want it to be. Whoa. So you could really like put a bunch of content and a bunch of stuff in there. Cool. Which was dealing in advertising, which is pretty dry and boring sometimes. (laughs) It was cool to have room to flex and move stuff around where you needed to. Yeah which was nice. Um, how did you get your start doing doing your first mural? Oh, man. Um, so this was a couple of years after college. Um, I started a job um, kind of funded through the government. It's called Public Allies. Um, if anyone's interested, you should look it up. Indy has one. Um, Michelle Obama was one. Uh, but they kind of plug you into these nonprofits around Indy, and um, I was plugged in with Big Car and um, an arts organization here. You guys, if you don't know it, check it out. You should. (laughs) Um, But I kind of started there not really having a spot or placement, not really sure what I would do with Big Car. Um, But it slowly turned into they kept doing these beautiful murals, kind of paint by number style with um, small neighborhoods. we did one with like Garfield Park um, and it was just so neat. And I helped kind of like uh, navigate all of the volunteers and like help them paint these like huge panels with paint by number kind of like drawn on. And so it, I just fell in love with the process and um, I just kept going with it. And like after I was done with Big Car and the Public Allies program, I was just like I kept like trying to find a way to make these murals happen or like make paint a mural. And um, I started, uh, me and a friend group kind of started drawing together and um, we kind of started, I was like, hey guys, we should do a mural. And there was like, we called ourselves the Droops and uh, we got a couple of mural um, commissions and it was just so much fun. but it kind of fizzled out. Everyone kind of like moved away. And so I was left with this like hole and I'm just like, oh, I gotta keep doing murals. And uh, I just, I uh, got fired from a job and that kind of like sat me on my ass and just was like, what do I want to do? I just want to keep painting. So, um, you know, having, you know, the few murals that I was involved with under my belt, like I was just like, I just gotta go for it. I just gotta keep asking you know or like putting myself out there and doing just paint these murals and it just kept they once a mural was done another person would reach out and it just kept going and then you know like three years later i'm here still painting and it's nice. really cool That's so awesome. <laughs> and i still can't believe it like yeah props to you thanks i have a very similar story to that too cool <laughs> that, that graphic design job i was talking about i got laid off from there and I had done a couple murals, I mean, just after work hours or on weekends. Yeah. And the whole time I was at that job, I kept saying like, oh, like I just wish I could do art or murals full time, or I wish mm-hmm. I could really give this the attention 
that I feel like it needs to, to build it up and continue doing it. So yeah. just like you, as soon as I wasn't there anymore, I was like, let's just, let's go all in worst case scenario. Yes. I can always get another design job. Exactly. You know, that knowledge that's not necessarily going to go away. So, and if I need to pick up freelance stuff on the side, so be it. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, I don't know, going from working in a corporate job to like not having a corporate job, not having a boss tell you what to do. <laughs> it's crazy freeing. Yeah. I mean, financially it's not as, you don't it's, have as much freedom per se. There's some scary months in there. But, oh, um, I call it feast and famine. Yeah. 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 It definitely feels like that for sure. <laughs> um, where do you get some of your inspiration other than like Pinterest? You said like vintage design and stuff like that. Where do yeah. you get some of that? Oh man. Um, anywhere and everywhere. I like to go thrift shopping. If I find like a cool pattern, I have to take a picture of it. If I see a color combo out and about that I like, I have to take a picture of it. And it's just like a cataloging that goes in my brain and on my phone. And um, yeah, I just, I think a lot, a lot of it comes from my childhood too. A lot of it like cartoons. I mean, I just loved cartoons and yeah, I loved which the ones? characters. Oh gosh. Rocco's Modern Life. Rugrats was a big one. Classic. Um, and gosh, oh, what? Oh crap! What was that? I'm spacing, but um, you're good. Rugrats was a classic. Yes. What was your favorite Rugrats character? Oh, Chucky. Well, the twins, Phil and Lil. I mean, I'm a twin. Nice. And I have a twin brother, so it's just like, whoa, a cartoon about there. yeah. This is weird. us in this yeah. cartoon. <laughs> That's cool. I was yeah. always a Tommy fan. I don't know why. I we hated Tommy. Really? Me and my I brother were just like. Ah. <laughs> I think Chucky because I have red hair. I was like Chucky's oh, annoying. I hate oh a stupid gosh. red hair. We thought Tommy was such a little bitch. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> His voice, like I watched a. My girlfriend and I were just watching. Like, she was referencing some like super cutty like Angelica scene where she like has some sports car or something. And so like we found it on YouTube and it's like yes. like 144p, like the resolution's so bad. And I was like, I don't remember Tommy's voice being so annoying. He's like, oh. me. He's so oh. annoying. The voice work on it though. I've always wanted to be a cartoon voice. Yeah? Yes. That's like one of my other you dream should. jobs. Yeah. That'd be what's up. My my dad's friend actually does voiceover stuff. Really? Which is crazy. Like so I've heard some commercials where he's actually the guy in the background talking. That's kind of strange. And like, I used to make these little like video game. They're so stupid. These little video game videos where like, I don't know. I played a lot of Halo three. And at the time there was this thing called red versus blue. And it was this little comedy series where, um, I don't know. Long story short. Um, (laughs) My dad's friend helped me do voiceover for these stupid little videos I made. Whoa. It was kind of cool because I had like this official like, voiceover guy <laughs> who could like do all the sounds and the voices and the accents. Yes. But uh, yeah, it was cool. That, that's a dream. Yeah. yeah that... Also, speaking of Rugrats and colors, like that's a very specific color scheme. Yeah. I. It's funny that you say that. I always gravitate towards the Simpsons color mm. scheme. It's like everywhere in my world. It's just every time, once I'm done with a project, I'm like, this is Marge's hair. Like, I, this, every color matches perfectly. And I don't mean to, but it's just funny. But the maybe Simpsons they just have, awesome. they just work with every color under the sun, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but they <laughs> have like a primary set too. They do. I go and for the Simpsons bright. and Rugrats are pretty similar, actually. Yeah, yeah. 
the Simpsons, there's the, just that primary, like, primary yellow. Yeah. Then there's, like, the terracotta color that's pretty pretty frequent. Mm-hmm. And also just the way those shows used to look coming through, like, kind of cruddy TVs. Yeah. The colors start to desaturate a little bit. Oh, I love me some ugly colors. <laughs> I love me some muted, just ugly colors. I love it. Yeah. What defines an ugly color to you? Um, Just something that's just not... No, no one's gonna like gravitate towards like a mm. puke green you know or just like a musty like between like a reddish burgundy with like a gray tint i don't know it's just like so why do weird. you gravitate to that like what what attracts you to those it just reminds me of like vintage i don't know it's like 70s colors like kind of muted very muted from primary but um, also I buy a lot of mist tints. So there's like a lot of just like weird off colors from that, from Lowe's. If you ever want to get cheap paint, go to Heck their yeah. mist tint. Do oh, you I've go there? Done that. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem with me, like since I'm colorblind, like I can't really tell what some of the mist tints are. So really? like, I'll have my poor girlfriend. I'll sit her down and be like, dude, is this like an off white with like some red hue in there? And she's like, no, it's definitely just gray. Or, you know, so I'll have her basically tell me up front what the colors are and then I write it on top. Nice. You just have to like recall. Wow. So are you, are you a little off or is it like way off? Um, well, the thing for me is it's always tricky to determine the core hue of a color. So okay. like color yeah. blindness, I would say is more like color deficient. Um, and so for people who are colorblind, you can see colors. Like I can see red, I can see green, I can see blue, all the other colors. But yeah. Imagine if, so like some of the stuff that you do, like your work, where it's, you'll take an off white or like a gray that has a little hint of some warmth in it. Yeah. And to you, you can see that warmth like really easily and you know like, oh, this is a warm gray. Yeah. But to me, I can't find the warmth in it sometimes. Like, so all the colors that are in that middle ground just get shifted to like full on gray and all the regular colors become muted whoa kind of so it's like all the high contrast like fluorescent like simpsons yellow and stuff yeah i bet my simpsons yellow is probably like watching the simpsons on a cruddy tv (laughs) you know what i mean okay yeah so that that's kind of how i would say to explain it so when things are in that color range where it's an off-white with a hint of something else i can't pick that whoa that hint out at all but interesting i don't know i had to study a lot of color theory in in college just to try to know where to use those colors because you can definitely use them in like the wrong way i bet color theory was really hard for you yeah i, oh my I actually gosh. i have a story on the podcast i can only imagine earlier about that but yeah my, my professor had to sit me down and she gave me some textbooks and was like look sherry clifton i haven't read that one no wait no 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 sherry clifton from- oh no no sherry yeah Sherry, she had glasses. Glasses, gray hair. Glass, yeah, yeah. I think she taught us two D design too. Okay. But yeah, Sherry, she gave me some textbooks, and she was like, "Yeah, you're gonna need to read these if you're gonna like want to do well in this class." <laughs> so I, I really delved deep, and and my reading passed that actually. Like I watched some documentaries on color theory, and I don't know, it's really interesting stuff that I hadn't really considered. Before. Oh my gosh! If you don't know color theory, then get out of here if you're gonna be an artist (laughs) get on out of here (laughs) sass um no but i think that is what builds a great artist is just knowing your color and 
knowing getting a palette for yourself I mean you don't have to have your own palette but it's just knowing what colors work with what and I mean actually me doing me working with like every color under the sun I feel like every color works with every color Mm. it really doesn't you're like, you need to know your color theory, but no, also I know. don't know your color theory. I'm so... <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I see what you mean, though, with like... And I think vintage design kind of stems from that, too, where they would just throw in a color yes. because of the vibrancy or because it's funky or something. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't, like, overthink it, per se. Right. Um, so where do you differentiate something that would be considered, like, signage and something that would be considered a mural? Is signage just lettering? And if yeah. so... Do you have a preference of which one of those you would prefer? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, signage is strictly just lettering. Um, Usually I'm working with a business and um, exterior, interior, um, hopefully a cool logo (laughs) Uh, and murals. Um, I would, to prefer, I don't know what I would prefer more. I, it depends. It depends on the design. If I get to design it, if it's a really cool vintage design, I don't know. I really love to paint font. Yeah. So I think I'd gravitate towards signage. But I mean, I love painting murals. I don't know. Don't make me choose. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's fine. I just know for me personally, I I can do some lettering. I can do some signage stuff, but it's it's such a geometric like uh yeah not not geometric but it's like such a mathematic thing like you, you can screw type up yeah 100 percent, and it's way obvious you gotta have a plan you and, can't just like go up there and just be like well, well graffiti is different but it's like that's you why i paint got- graffiti yeah because <laughs> you it can be whatever oh i want to get into graffiti so bad um but yeah i think with yeah if you're trying to follow a certain type you have to have a plan in order to like transfer it and paint it and Mm. yeah speaking of that i wanted to ask you as someone who does signage Mm -hmm. i know projectors in the signage world is like a hotly debated discussion you know what i mean like some people are Uh, like signage purists and how dare you (laughs) use a projector you know and then they they do the like what is it like the pounce thing yeah the pounce Mm -hmm. i've never done that i've always seen people do it i'm like dang that's pretty cool It's funny. It's so funny how, um, what's it called? It's just, there's a lot of old guys that hold this knowledge to their grave. You know, they're just, they don't want to share it unless you shadow them. I hate that crap. Oh, it's so, and for me to be a woman, like no old man's going to be like, just fall. I feel like it's a parent pattern. (laughs) What you're going to want to do here. I feel like that's why there is a lot of, um, like men in the signage field is because, you know, it was easy to partner up with an old man and like work for them. Mm. And like for females, it was like, or for, you know, women, it was so hard for us to just kind of be like, yeah, can you take me seriously and like teach me your ways and be like, hell no. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's funny because I wish I had an old guy to teach me all that stuff, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not bitter. Um, but I've learned a lot through social media, and thankfully, people don't hold that knowledge to their graves. And people are starting to share, and people are starting to really, uh, or you know, I, I don't hold any grudge to anybody on, on how they get their type up or whatever. 
Uh, I love overhead projectors. I will always love them. I've done the chalk pounce, um, the pounce pad. Seems really, really time consuming. There's a lot of secrets to it that I didn't know when I tried it. And I was like, why isn't this working? And then I talked to another sign dude and he was like, you got to... I didn't sand the backside of the paper. You guys, you got to sand the backside of the paper. (laughs) Knowledge drop. (laughs) And I didn't know that. So the chalk could like easily fall through the holes. But Hmm. yeah, just weird weird stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah. I also saw, I was looking on your Instagram. You've done like some pinstriping and stuff. Uh, Yeah, I dabbled in it. I'm not that great. That, I, I feel like that stuff is so hard. It's so hard. You really got to have a steady hand. Or it's funny because I don't have a steady hand, but as soon as my brush hits the wall, it's like, magic. you know, magic, magic. That's awesome. <laughs> I follow a couple of dudes who do pinstriping and like, I forget the name of the guy's Instagram, but he has videos where he'll do just the long like car, the entire car length single stripe with like, a tiny tiny line and it's like wow razor sharp yeah. with no ruler just his hand floating above the car walking while he's uh-huh. and you're just like what is this mm-hmm. is this magic yeah magic magic he's been <laughs> doing it for nuts. about 40 years or so <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> no. it's probably nothing to him he does it so much or yeah whatever. right that's crazy um sign painting in indianapolis do you have i imagine as most sign painters here do there's probably a network of like vintage signs that are still around Indy. Um, yeah. Do you have any that you know of that you kind of consider as your favorite that are still hanging on mm. or any you draw influence from? If not, that's okay. Oh, man. Um, there's actually one on kind of the southeast side of it's the vintage Arby's sign close to Washington. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. The one with like the, the crazy hat thing? Yes. It's huge. It's magnificent. It's outrageous. I love it. It's old. It's it has like the lights that like go around yes. on every side too. Oh, I can't. I I really hope they just keep it there until society collapses. But it's have you ever just been to so a vintage beautiful. like sign place or like a no, museum? No. Um. Where's that sign museum? I have no idea. I've seen pictures. It looks wild. Yeah. There's one. There's one around. Someone will know. Have you ever been to Vegas? No. There's there tons one? of vintage signs in Vegas. Okay. Because yeah. like all the old casinos and yes. stuff, they'd build these decadent, Ugh. like super bright light things. Yeah. That'd be a cool little inspo trip if you ever. Yes. I follow, I actually follow account, an account on Instagram. I think it's called Merch Motel. Um, but they strictly just um, share vintage signs and a lot of them are for like from old motels and i just love that look that's right yeah how did you determine that that's an aesthetic that you are attracted to was it just natural or where were some of the first stuff like that that you saw i think it was just natural i think i really love mid-century modern and anything that falls under that realm it's just like that's me (laughs) (laughs) that's what's up (laughs) yeah what would you say through mid-century in, in your signage background, you're trying to communicate through your artwork? Hmm, good question. Uh, just the love for old, um, the love for um, weird shapes. I feel like a, a lot of um, 
everyone was kind of just really excited about futuristic things and everything was kind of weird shapes, weird colors, you know, just out there text. And like, everyone was kind of like, yeah, this is, you know, just coming out of the fifties, kind of everything was like, and where are we headed now? Yeah. <laughs> to the, to the moon. Yeah, literally. Um, so I think it was just, everyone was kind of experimenting with visuals and no one was really creating the rules. They were creating the rules. And I feel like that was like such a platform to just build off of visually for me, like what I like and what I gravitate towards. Hmm, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, the spirit of that that time period still resonates with you for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I could totally see that. <laughs> um, one thing I saw on your Instagram I wanted to ask you about, um, you did a mural that was like large white signage on like a huge red barn. Mm. How did that one come about? That project seems awesome. Yeah, that was actually one of my first um, projects, uh, kind of the beginning of Bootleg Sign Co. So that's really? weird that you brought it up. Um it was such a weird timing. My friend had sent me this uh, Craigslist ad that was like these dudes just looking for someone to paint this like vintage ad on a barn. And so they hadn't sent the image. It was like really just sparse with information. And I was just like... There, there wasn't was... an image of the barn even? No, no. no. And... In the back of my head, there was this little voice like, Emily, you got to do this. You got to, you're just, and then there was another voice that was like, you're fucking crazy. Like, don't do this. But you're like, they use the word vintage, <laughs> insert Emily Gable. <laughs> it was, there was just like a part of me that was just so pulled toward the, toward this project. And I, you know, I reached out and was like, Hey, this is me. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, actually we're talking to a few other artists, but I think we'll, you're our favorite. Like, I think we like your style. I think this will fit. And so, you know, it just went from there and they sent me the Im image and I was just like, Poof. I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's, a, it's just like a vintage, like old farmer. Um, and it's about irrigation. It's like for farmers and irrigating, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. I'm sorry. Um, but it was, they wanted painted it. They wanted it painted on a barn and it was just it was like magical advertisement for me like mm. no one is being this smart i feel like nowadays with advertising barns are the future everyone <laughs> <laughs> nice. they were the beginning and now they are the end um but i think it was just i i went for it um we had to the barn was huge it was 37 feet max. Um, so I couldn't really rent like just your average scissor lift. I had to rent a spider lift. Ooh. Have you ever used those? I've seen pictures of them. Oh my they gosh. They like have the arms that yes! hold you up. They're so crazy. Um, it was so fun, uh, but also so scary. So were you doing all this like on your own? I, like was, I was doing it with my husband. So he um, was kind of in between jobs at that time so he was just like full in you know he's he came to help me every day um and he was the spider lift like operator and so i Have painted, he ever used anything like that before uh i mean he's just one of those guys that just like knows like figures out everything really quick so nice. i had no doubt that he knew what he was doing but i mean this was like in the middle of november 
in the middle of like cornfields. It was so windy, so cold. We were just like covered head to toe. We had like warmer, you know, mm-hmm. hand, hand warmers warmer. in our, you know, boots and mittens and um literally bootlegs on Yeah. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a really crazy time. We worked our asses off. We were so tired and it, but it ended up being so rewarding and like so it got to the point where it's like, Emily, if you can accomplish this, then everything else will be easy peasy after this. Like Heck this yeah. is probably the hardest project you will ever work on. And it, it's up there for really? sure. Yeah. And I can't believe that that was like kind of my, one of my first like on my own murals. Um, but it was such a good launch pad too. That's but, crazy. Yeah. That's a really cool story and yeah. a beautiful, beautiful mural too. I think that Thanks. was one of the first things I actually saw of your work. And yeah, I, I like, think that really got out there. Did you do any other barns after that? No. What's so sad about that project is um, since it was through Craigslist, like it's weird. We only communicated through that like kind of email where you can't really see their email. Yeah, it's like, it's like the the address is like reply yeah. at 857-8325-2 so, or yeah. something. It, the whole thing was so weird. Um, these guys were very friendly. I, I mean, it's a legit place. I, I, I don't know. I can't contact them again. I don't know how. Maybe through. Um, if was I was it at through. their property or their house or something? No, it was through. They seriously just like went to this. They were scouting for barns, and they basically paid this farmer to use his barn as advertisement. So wow. this farmer was just like, "Yeah, you can paint on my barn." If you if you paint it all, so I actually had to uh, hire a paint crew, um, uh, True Flow, which they're not around anymore, but they're still around, kind of. That's what's like in the top corner. I think it says True Flow, like painted on. Is the mural it? No, too. I don't think I ever painted True Flow. Wait, really? Me. I th- I thought in the mural there's a small like thing on the top left that says True Flow. Maybe I don't. I even could be know. wrong. <laughs> I have to I go was back just and check what, what True Flow was. <laughs> True Flow is a uh, two-person paint company that my buds um, opened up in Broad Ripple, but they're now, um, crap, I can't remember. That's okay. But um, yeah, they helped me paint the barn. I hired them to paint the whole barn because I didn't want to do all that. Did they do it with the spider thing? No, they just did the sprayer. They're tall pros. ladder? Yeah, super tall ladder. Just Screw like that. death gripping tall ladder. Oh. I'm like, yeah, you guys could do that. <laughs> That's nuts. But they did it. They painted that whole barn in like two days. Did they have to do trim too along like? He wanted green, green trim work. On a that red was barn. his like, yeah. Hmm. Green and red. That's kind of my worst com- color combo to be Those real. Those are the ones I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is ruined for you. Yeah. yeah. Hey. That's wild though. Yeah. Have you seen like the Culver's painted barns anywhere? Like, you no. know, Culver's, like the restaurant? Yeah. I guess some of the partners or the, the farmers that they partner with, they paint the barn blue and then they paint like a huge Culver's, like hand painted I saw one and I was like, I bet Emily did that. No, <laughs> I wish. I want to paint more barns. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be so fun. Well, especially since you come from a rural background. Yeah. What was it like growing up in Peru? Oh my gosh. So weird. Um, <laughs> we're known for our Peru amateur circus. Please go and check it out. I don't know if, I mean, since COVID, it's COVID times. I don't think they're doing it, but 
It's so awesome. They just have a bunch of kids just like do crazy circus stuff. They still and it's do legit. That? Yeah, it's legit. It's like in a circus tent. I mean, it's like year round every Dang. year since, you know, the beginning of time. That's rad. Do you think some of that's rubbed off on your artwork and maybe your personality? Oh, for sure. Coming from someone somewhere like that? Yes. Um, just the beautiful circus font, you know, the mm. like really like clowny, you know, just the, what are those called? Like the serifs? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm the things not... on the top of the letter that like curve off? Yeah, the... like the V's on the top of the font. Yeah, they're yeah. serifs, I think. Yeah, okay. You know better than me. No, I don't. <laughs> I just think that's what they're called. I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, but like they, they go one step further and like start to loop de loop stuff. Yes. And like they really go crazy with like circus fonts. Yeah. They're just there's some really great circus fonts out there and I just fall yeah. They're just so good. The circus aesthetic is really interesting too, just in terms of colors and Yeah, they're not afraid of color, not afraid of primaries. Signs. Yeah. Because they want to attract people in, right? Yes. So, I watched a documentary on Netflix about the history of the circus. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's pretty I dope. need to see that. Yeah, it's crazy. They talk about all the, where they would source animals from, some of the not so great stuff that oh, would happen with some of the animals. so bad. I think just to get one lion, they would have to transport four of them because like oh. three of them most often like wouldn't make the trip. Oh my gosh, maybe and, like, I don't want to see this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> well, those parts are kind of cruddy, but um, the rest of it's pretty interesting. It, it talks about how the circus really paralleled off of the railroad and like the creation yes. of like the different rail lines. And yeah. And I think a lot of rail lines were created because the circus needed to get from place to place. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, you know, they partnered with a couple rail companies to help fund the circus too. Yeah. But it, it also goes into some of the, the pitfalls of as circuses started to die out, what did that look like for the performers? And I don't mm-hmm. know, it was just a really, I think it's a three part, like, three hour thing oh my i don't gosh. know i clicked on it just like oh this looks interesting i'm like oh, i could i gotta dedicate five hours into this all right <laughs> it seemed like you learned a lot though i i learned enough to talk about it on a podcast yeah. as if i know anything about circuses. <laughs> i mean a lot of people don't it's yeah it's definitely a dying art and they're still doing it even to this day even yeah. despite do, do they do like stuff with animals or is it mainly performance? oh no I feel like the last animal they worked with is like the elephant and it still was kind of iffy. We're just like, no, let's not Mm. do that anymore. So I don't think they, they haven't done it in like three or four years, maybe. The circus at all or with animals? With animals. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I think Peru would die without the circus. So that's never going away. What other industries are in Peru? (laughs) Nothing. Just like agriculture, farming? Farming. um, Yeah nothing much it's it's sad to say because i i love peru i love i love small town culture it's for sure i mean the buildings are cheap a lot cheaper than here i really want to buy a building but you got to be a millionaire or something (laughs) here you need to know somebody (laughs) you need to know somebody yeah wait do you have a studio i I just heard you had a studio i recently acquired a space on illinois street where's your studio (laughs) Is it a big space? It's actually huge. And like How dare you? <laughs> it well the thing is That's amazing it's though. All, well, when I say it's huge, it is a big space, but there's yeah. a lot of downsides to the space as well. Like, you know, basically it's it's an abandoned building. <laughs> pretty, oh my gosh, that's so my dream. I have the whole first floor pretty much to myself. What? It's pretty ridiculous. Nick, take me there. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like 
it used to be a restaurant and so there's a section on the back left where the the ovens and the grills were and the exhaust vents like went up to the ceiling so there's like a huge hole like this big in the ceiling so like when it rains it's raining in the studio oh no (laughs) if it snows it's snowing in the studio yeah but you know I, i come from painting graffiti through high school and through college and stuff so painting in an abandoned building is not unfamiliar yeah it's it's actually really familiar and it's a really creative and and cool space to create in so the only downside would be in the winter when you use white paint and it starts cracking because it's freezing yeah contact yeah that kind of sucks yeah but i don't know do you have a studio no i wish i did do you have like a garage set up or what is your no i think that's my that's my goal this summer is to get our garage set up in our backyard it's like kind of two-car garage it's jam-packed full of junk um but i would love to empty it out and like um put some panels up and get it well lit and level out the ground and some big changes in there to make it um pretty good studio Heck yeah. But yeah, I would love, it's just so hard to find um, kind of a maker's space for artists with a lot of space that's cheap enough for all of us to afford. There's a lot of that going on where it's just like $1,200 for a studio. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's (laughs) insane. insane. It's crazy. One thing I also wanted to bring up that's I'm extremely impressed by is, I think, was it last year? Um, you had your first child. Yeah. And you were post you were posting pictures painting murals while you were pregnant. Like that's so badass. Thank you. Go, go you. That's awesome. Oh Was my that f- really difficult? Like what's it like being a creative and going through that? Oh man. It's insane. Um I have so much respect for mothers, creatives, artists who have are mothers. I mean, it is so hard. It is so, so hard. Um you it really takes your whole body away from you um i loved being pregnant but it was exhausting and it really for me i was always go 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 and i'm so motivated and i'm so just like on to the next project and it was like a wall of bricks as soon as i kind of really got pretty far into my pregnancy Mm -hmm. it was just like wow i do not have the drive or energy for all of these projects lining up and it kind of it killed me a little bit. I was just really? like, oh, like I have to slow down. Like, God. But then it was also just so it's it was such an awakening where it was like, I need to slow down. I was kind of fraying at every end. And um, it really took a lot out of me pregnancy wise. And it was just nice to have a moment. And, you know, three months in, like I had a three month old and then COVID hit. So it was just like, okay, I guess we're just, you know, going under again. And it was nice because I didn't have like FOMO, like Mm. (laughs) being pregnant or, you know, having a newborn. And like, it would have killed me to just like see everyone just like moving on. But it, it, I don't want to say it was a good time. It's never a good time (laughs) for COVID, but it was just, it was nice to have another break. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of. Um, really set into motherhood and really get to know myself as a mother and, you know, raise my child. And, oh, so, so good. So, so good. I love being a mom. Um, But it was, I was kind of itching around 
like the six month mark where it's just like I gotta I gotta you know get back at it and there's still barns that need payment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the hardest thing I feel like for this COVID um, pandemic it's just it's so hard to find a babysitter or um, childcare hmm. and as a creative as you know owning my own business it's very apparent that I need childcare and I need, um, you know, that space on my own to run my business. And I can't really do that. Like sharing time and bringing, you know, I've done, I've brought my child to, you know, on job sites. I last about an, well, Sonny lasts about an hour. His name's Sonny. Nice. Um, he lasts about an hour and I'm just like, Oh crap. Okay. (laughs) I guess we'll go back home, you know? Um, so I tested it out. I mean, you just got to, you just got to do what you got to do and figure it out. And luckily I have a good network of friends and family that are watching them, you know, when I need to, when I need to get out there. Yeah. Props to you. I have tremendous amount of respect. God, it's crazy. I can't imagine. I didn't know how hard it would be until, you know, it happened. And I was just like, wow, this is what mothers, this is why, you know, women aren't running the world. (laughs) (laughs) Just yet, because we're kind of, yeah, we, it's basically on our shoulders a lot Mm -hmm. for um, childcare. I mean, yeah, it's a wake up call for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Did you find going through that process and, you know, now that you're raising your child, do you find that that finds its way into like your artistic direction or, or has that influenced some of the stuff you do in any way? Um, not yet. Um, I feel like in the future when he starts drawing, um, which I know he will, I feel like, I mean, his dad and me are both artists, so like he's going to draw, <laughs> I feel like, um, I can't wait to see what he draws and like maybe collaborate. I, I would love to collaborate with him and yeah, That'd be awesome. I just see that happening. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool to like see someone's emerging creative journey. I imagine. Yeah. You know, just seeing their mind try to wrap their eyes or, or their, their head around how to create form on a piece yeah. of paper. Oh, my favorite, my favorite thing is to watch people who don't know how to draw, draw something. Yeah. Have you ever um, played that game? Um, crap. What's it called? Drawful. P- drawful or no. Pictionary. Yeah. yeah Pictionary. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's so dope. fun to play with people who don't know how to draw. They like freak out, but it's just, I like. I'm amazed at how... Have you played Drawful? What is that? I feel like I've heard of it. Drawful's pretty dope. It's it's basically Pictionary, but everybody uses their phone. And so you connect to the game oh. on the computer or on the TV. But yeah. the, the cool thing about it is it'll give you a prompt. Like it'll say like chickens flying south or something like that. And you have to try to draw that. Yeah. It only gives you 30 seconds and you can't erase. <laughs> And also, when you touch your finger to the screen, it's, like, ultra-sensitive to, like, any motion at all. So, yeah. like, it's really hard to draw anything clean whatsoever. And it's so freaking funny because yes. when I – being a graphic designer, I feel like I have a little bit of a leg up in that game because you can use symbolism or you can use iconography and help mm-hmm. get complicated subjects simplified and mm-hmm. easily digestible. Yeah. But it's so funny because when I play with people like my mom, like she, like she'll start drawing something and then in her head be like, oh, that's actually not right. 
and you can't erase so she'll just like scribble it out and then start something else somewhere else and so like then her picture comes up and everyone in the room has to try to decide what it is and it's seriously like it looks like some high-end contemporary art yeah that is like undefinable you know she what created I mean? a masterpiece on accident Dude, we've just... screenshotted them i have them on my phone they're awesome they are awesome shout out my mom yes they're so cool <laughs> but as a creative and even someone who's not creative um that's a fun game where everybody can play together yeah even my little brother plays it he loves it yeah um i need to play it yeah it's super dope <laughs> where do you see your art going in the next five ten you know however many years Holy what kind crap. of stuff do you want to do Mm. more more just more <laughs> you know just bigger the better baby um i don't care as long as i'm working with like really cool clients um or like really cool spaces i just want to keep at it um nothing too crazy sure yeah yeah nothing wrong with that <laughs> heading up yeah i do moving I really love like going out of the state and painting. I feel like um, a lot a lot of artists need that kind of work under their belt is just like to get something out of state and mm. just kind of experience traveling and working. Um, that's really fun. Do you do much traveling or have you painted outside indie? Yeah, I just did um, a mural in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio nice. uh, for a cafe that's going to open, coffee place, cafe place that's going to open in a couple months. Dope. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah, travel, especially as someone from Indiana, like, you know, yeah. it's a pretty culturally consistent place, which is cool. Yeah. But, you know, if you want a culture shock or you want something that's outside that indie perspective, um, travel definitely can do that yeah. for you. Um, do you have some places you'd like to visit? I mean, California would be cool. Anywhere in particular in California? No. Have you ever been there before? <laughs> yeah, a couple times. I have an aunt that lives there. Nice. Um, but I mean, it's whatever. I don't care. I can go anywhere. <laughs> dope, dope. <laughs> That's rad. Um, do you have a favorite mural that you've painted in the past? Ooh. Or a favorite client you've worked with? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, my typical, like, favorite client, I will just give you, like, the what I'm looking for, kind sure. of, is, like, anyone who um, has a vision for what they want but also gives me free range. Super um, important. I think if they have um, a color palette, that's cool to work with but yeah free range is really neat um if they have like uh just i don't know just a really cool sense of self uh sense of like business identity and um they just want to explore they just want to like play with their identity and um not really stay inside of a box and not be afraid to go outside of the box um, visually. So like Jailbird is probably one of my favorite projects. I worked on an inside mural with them. Um, Mad Kid Genius, uh, he did the designing of it all, of the um, logo identity and the mural inside. And I got to uh, paint his image and that was so cool, painting all those different characters. Um, 
that a lot of those images are on my Instagram if you want to check it out. Um, Super dope. The jailbird images. And then they let, after that project was done, they were like, we really want you to do the exterior building. And they're like, just do whatever you want. We really liked um, your like 70s shapes that you just did at Milk Tooth. I painted a bar top or they're like bar um, with like 70s shapes and like swirls and stuff. And uh, I just went at it and um, kind of just explored like text. Um, Joey McGuire, he also uh, is an artist too. Um, and he kind of worked with me on the typeface for um, Jailbird, the exterior on what that would look like too. So that was really fun. I mean, I love collaborating with people. Yeah, I think the scariest client is like, do whatever you want. And they don't have a vision. And I'm just like, oh, I need just like something to go off of, you know? Really? You can't get me the whole world. Like I'm I'm too indecisive. You gotta give me, I love working off of a vision, of your vision. And I feel like, that's why I like to do, I dabble in logo work. If they have, I really enjoy when the client can be like, I like this part of your work. I like this, this, and this of your work. But I also like these images, you know, if they like give me inspiration images for what they're seeing for their kind of business. I love kind of just like building from that catalog. Hmm. It's just so fun. That's awesome. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> uh, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> One thing I wanted to chat about too, I think yeah. I saw you either liked or commented on a post um, of Colossus of Rhodes, the like moniker guy. Yeah. How did you get into like moniker culture and stuff? Oh my gosh. Um, Margaret Kilgallen. Yeah. Um, the whole, um, gosh, what was that? Swoon? Swoon? Is that an artist who does like monikers? No. Maybe I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about Swoon. I know she's a famous artist, but oh really? I, I gotta check remember. out her work. I don't know Margaret Kilgallen. She's just the um, what's the documentary about him? The Colossus uh, of Rhodes one. No. Who is Bozo Texino? Have you seen that one? Yes, Pretty Bozo cool. Texino. Yes, that's a great one. There's a documentary about Margaret Kilgallen. Um, her partner, crap. What's his name? <laughs> I'm looking so no bad right now. Sorry, guys. It's mom brain. Um, <laughs> Do you know the name of the documentary? Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Mm. Is it on Netflix? Well, no, it's probably all the good stuff. Is Something on. about. A... Okay. Just <laughs> cancel <Okay>. this. <laughs> Wait, well, do I have my you phone? Could you could probably just search like Margaret Kilgallen. Yeah. Documentary into Google and it'll something about beautiful or ugly crap. Guys. It's okay. It'll come to us. Cut I'm this sure out. right after the I'm podcast. I'm gonna look so bad. Like, Here's the name of what I was talking about. <laughs> beautiful losers. Nice. That's it what is. it's called. Oh my gosh. That's what shaped me as an early artist. Um I, I discovered that documentary in college. Um Wayne White had uh actually visited our campus and like talked about his work that was also life-changing for me really? he was awesome um and yeah he's in beautiful losers that that just like shaped me and to see margaret kilgallen and her life and like the work that she did i connected so much with it and uh, i mean i even have like her work tattooed on me that's just 
I just love her whole being and uh, everything that she's laid laid out um, pathwise for women for, you know, just getting her work out there um, with it being so underground and mm. like so just out there. Her work is weird. I love it. That's tight. Yeah. What is the documentary kind of like? What's the synopsis of the story? Uh, it covers like about 10 artists and it um, just short interviews with them and uh, their work. And they're either like out and about. Um, there's like a moment or a segment with Margaret Kilgallen and she's actually at a train yard drawing monograms. Um, is and she with Colossus of Rhodes in that? No, she's with um, <laughs> crap. Some other person. Her partner, who's also major, and I feel so stupid for get, forgetting his name. This is what I feel like in college they like make you memorize like artist names, and I was so bad at it. But same, oh, I'm terrible at that. God, I'm like, so terrible. Memory, I'm awful. But she was with her partner, um, who's also an artist, and they were drawing monograms on trains, and it was just so cool to watch her in the moment. I mean, she just has this wax, white wax pencil, and it's just so beautiful to see her hand just like make her monogram that she's done probably a thousand times, but it's so good. And you just came upon this in, in college? Yeah, yeah. How did and you find I just, the documentary? Um, I think it was suggested to me by a professor or some sort, or maybe a friend, an artist friend, but yeah. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah. What was it like being, what was your major at Heron? Painting? Painting. What was that like? It was crazy. <laughs> no. Uh, it Did was you hard. Did you do like classical painting and like representational painting and at stuff? At the beginning, I feel like they make you, well, they, so how they did with me with my program i don't know if it's any different but they really started with oil paints and they really pushed oil paints like in the beginning and they started they taught you the basics of painting with oils and then so you by your sophomore or like junior senior year you could really work with any paint materials that you wanted and i was like fuck oil paint like that is time consuming i want Legit. quick easy Legit. And I lo I fell in love with acrylic paints and and the mist tint section of Lowe's in particular because it was just I was broke, I wanted weird colors and that's what I bought and so I was lugging these like huge gallon, <laughs> you know you know paint around in my studio and it was just it was a hard time for me I feel like as a student I didn't really know myself I don't feel like you ever really know what your art is really about in college until you like mm. leap out into the real world. And then you're like, who am I? You know? <laughs> yeah. But it was, I was really struggling to find myself as an artist and even like write about my work as an artist. That was so hard for me. And, um, I had a lot of, um, teachers that were men and they didn't really connect with me and I didn't really connect with them. And I had a few few teachers professors that were women and I really connected with them and they really pushed me and made me feel confident in my work but the whole time it was just like I was having an identity crisis and I was so I was just so um not there mm -hmm. I didn't want to be there um but I still loved art and I kind of fell out of really wanting to draw and 
draw in my spare time. And you had a studio space there? I had a studio space there. Yeah. Uh, Dang, they, I can't imagine having a studio space and like being required to like accomplish a curriculum. It was so I forced. I feel like that would really creatively like confuse me. Yes. It really, it really plays that mind game of like, this is what your work's about. This is going to be based off of, and you're going to possibly go to other, you know, colleges after this for grad school. And this is what your art's going to be based off of then. It's just like so much pressure. And mm-hmm. it's like, why? Why? I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to even, I even like what I'm making now. And your whole identity is like based off of what work you're making then. And it's just like, uh, it was hard for me. But a couple years after college, I mean, I just kept drawing and I just fell in love with not really caring about the imagery, imagery that I was making and like really playing on um, character builds and like just drawing just weird stuff with friends while we were out at bars and just loving that and I really I've never drawn so much in my life after you know those couple of years after college and I think drawing to me really helped me shape what I was wanting or what I was trying to say or like what what I was developing myself as as an artist and I just I have pages and pages and pages I never kept a notebook in my life but I have pages upon pages of, of drawings that I still keep around. And uh, I actually had a show at Cathead Press's gallery um, and I displayed them all. And, you know, a lot of them never really saw the light of day. And it was like very, I don't know. It was a, such a um, personal like piece of me on a piece of paper that I would like display out. But it was just so fun to see it all kind of like flapping you know in the gallery with the rest of my work that was like totally built off of these small sketches and drawings that just came upon me throughout the day yeah yeah that's super rad that's an awesome story (laughs) thanks um are you wanting to do like more exhibitions and stuff in the future or more murals or what are you kind of leaning towards um or open to whatever man i'm open to whatever i love creating work, um, personal work. It's, I feel like I go through, um, weird developments throughout the years. Like my work changes every day. I feel like, (laughs) so every show that I have is going to be really different or, I mean, it's, it's me, but it's different. And I, I like to change it up. And I think it's healthy to change it up. And um, I love giving, getting a space, like a gallery space and transforming it and like making a world for my art. And I I really love the gallery spaces that kind of just let you paint on the wall too. I love painting on the walls and then displaying my work on top of that. And I think that's just so fun. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, I've never really done a gallery or anything necessarily. I, uh, really? You've never mm-mm. shown your work in a gallery? Mm-mm. I feel like your work is awesome. Thanks. What? The, the closest I got to that, I did... The IMA had, like, this graffiti exhibition thing in, like, 2018 or something like that. Yeah. And they asked my buddy Nathan and I to do, like, a, a mural inside the museum. So, like, as people entered the museum, it kind of welcomed them to the show. Whoa. And that was super crazy. Like, That's a big deal. There were all these, like 
classic graffiti writers from like the the 70s and the 80s who came to indianapolis to you know view their work from the 80s wow this show in indiana it was it was a trip man i'm sad i missed that that sounds awesome it was wild (laughs) um but yeah that's probably the closest i've been to doing an exhibition um would you want to do one um yeah i think so i I would just be, I'm very careful about how the work is kind of portrayed and how I would want it communicated, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't... I think that's important. I don't know how I feel about a group show. Yeah. I'm not sure. Those are always I mean, nothing against them, but for me personally, I don't know. I feel like my stuff in a group would just be so weird. It'd be like, why is this junk here? You know, like... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's just, I just feel like it's just so... I would want... As a communicator and as a designer, I want the messaging to be like streamlined and I want yes. it to be communicative. Yeah. And I feel like when it's in a group exhibition, sometimes it's just kind of floating in the ether. Yeah. And you're just kind of expecting people to, I don't know, invest specific time into your piece to, I don't know. That's a good way to put it. No, that's how I view it too. Group it's just, shows. It's kind of like, let's say I'm a business and you are someone who I'm wanting to attract to my business. And I want to get you involved in what I do, but I hand you 17 different brochures with my brochure in it too. It's like, yeah, so let me know what you want to do. You're like, well, why'd you hand me 17 things? Gosh. I don't know. I just, I'm definitely open to it. And I, I really don't really go to much shows or exhibitions either. I've always been a bit on the outside because I know especially, and maybe you have this experience too with going to Heron, like there were just those types that every weekend you just go out to every gallery show and try to network with as much yeah. people as you know. Yeah. And it becomes like this weird, like social thing. And like, you, Oh yeah. Like I know them. And like, Oh, it's very it social. Becomes, yeah. It becomes like this, this like network of people trying to outcompete each other on people they know, you know, yeah. and I'm just the type where like, I'd rather just do the work. Yeah. And then eventually wherever it ends up, cool. Yeah. But I don't know. Me, that's another reason I'm doing this podcast too, is being able to meet people like you who have seen your work for a long time. I admire what you do and just Thanks. hearing kind of what makes you tick outside of, you know, <laughs> at some loud gallery with, you know, drinks and food and people walking around and someone's like, oh, Emily, hey, come talk to me about this. And I'm like, but I was in the middle of, you know, I, I would rather just like a more personal connection with different people. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, it's been super duper dope hearing your backstory, where you Thanks. come from in Circus Town, Peru. Yeah. Where is Peru, actually? It's uh, an hour and a half up north, just straight north from here. So in between, like, So in between like Kokomo and South Bend, or like here in South Bend. Okay. Um, yeah. That's what's up. Have you painted a mural in Peru? No, I want to. You should. You should hit up some farmers with barns. Uh, right. That'd be dope. Yeah. Have you ever like donated a mural or something to somebody or like, um, it's tricky because since we're kind of still up and coming and whatnot, well, you're yeah. not so much up and coming than I am, <laughs> but it, it's hard to donate a mural because murals are pretty expensive. Yeah. You know? I, I would love to, I mean, my dad, since my dad owns like a small business there, I've wanted, I've like told him like, Hey, I want to do a mural on your building. And he's like, let me see it first. And I'm like, okay, rude. (laughs) You don't trust my vision. You would nitpick it. He's like, you would do something weird. I'm like, well, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, if they have a circus, they're Come okay on. with some weird stuff. They're open. People are, yeah, they would love it. Whatever. Do you think they'd be receptive to a mural there? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Are there any in town? He's like right next to the skate park. It's like, Sick. come on. People are just, you know. There's culture happening right yes. there. Yes. <laughs> or just let me paint the skate park. Come on. That'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. I think small towns just need, yeah. I, I've i always wanted to just donate my time to Peru and just like give it a mural. But who am I, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. I'm, I'm, I'm from a small town east of Indianapolis. I was just going to ask. 45 minutes out. Okay. Just a little railroad town. We had a McDonald's and a gas station. That's Hell about yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, those communities are super close-knit. and like I So know, I feel small. like when they get behind something, everybody's really like passionate and supportive and helpful. Yeah. When it's something the community can rally behind a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to do... Do you know about the Homescapes tour that I'm trying to do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to essentially do kind of what we're talking about and just cool. travel around to different, like the idea sort of sparked my friend and I, who my buddy's from Canada, and he's oh, wow. from like a really small agricultural town, kind of like Peru and where I'm from, cool. but in Canada. Wow. So he's from the middle of Canada in a province called Saskatchewan. And like they basically Saskatchewan. just, yeah, they basically <laughs> just harvest like wheat and like soybeans and stuff like that up there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was weird. I took a, a trip up there 2019 and it's so weird because when you think of Canada, you think of like the mountains and you think of like, yeah. you know, Toronto, Ontario, mm -hmm. Vancouver and like these big cities. And then you also think of like, well, the top half of Canada is just like so cold. Like no one really probably lives <laughs> up there except like natives. Yeah. But um, it was weird being in Saskatchewan because... It's literally like the Indiana of Canada. They have Indianas? <laughs> Pretty much. Like it's just like a bunch of farm fields and wow. stuff. And, and yeah, farmers, that would feel so weird. A bunch of freight trains. Like it's so weird. The whole community up there in Saskatchewan, it's based around The only difference is they say A. Yeah. And like they say, say a. their O's and A's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mitch whom? talks like that. Whom? They say whom? <laughs> Dude, it's so funny you say that. My girlfriend says I say home weird. <gasps> Wait, say it again home i don't know when i say home it doesn't no sound you weird, don't but say, she's no. like she said you throw a little canadian on there sometimes i'm like i guess dude but um <laughs> yeah mitch is from a small town out there and uh i actually reached out to my hometown about a year ago trying to talk to them on you know hey let's do a mural or something in town the community could need it and you know i sent them my website with my like weird you know, geometric zigzag. You have stuff. such a good website, Thanks. by the way. Yeah. Shout out Squarespace. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, I sent them my work and they were like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but you know, basically we don't know what it is at all. And like, and <laughs> don't you hate that feeling? You're just like, I get it though. Cause like that work that I do that's abstract is really geared towards like the city because it's inspired yeah. by the architecture and stuff of the city. So yeah. if you bring something like that to the, you know, rural Midwest. They're like, bro, what is this garbage? You know, but I knew that they thought were you'd paint a train or something. <laughs> legit. And so that's actually funny you bring that up because my buddy Mitch, he has a couple connections in some small towns up there and he actually has painted some landscape murals. Well with like a little train in the background and like Yes. Um I guess Saskatchewan is nicknamed the land of the living skies. 
because the land is like so flat, just like Indiana. It's just so flat and the skies and the sunsets and stuff there are just crazy because there's nothing to like get that's, in the way of the horizon. That's you know? so poetic and beautiful. I know. Well, there's a lot of good bands that came out of Saskatchewan too. <laughs> some old bands actually from the era that, you know, you're inspired by. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe some music that came from Wait, Saskatchewan. Who? Um, Mitch is going to kill me. I can't recall <laughs> the names of them. But I don't know. Right, there, I'm asking, yeah. There's some, no, there's I totally some classic understand. bands. Like, there's a song called Wheat Kings that's like pretty pretty well-known song. I don't know who sings it though. But uh, <laughs> long story short, Mitch did a couple murals up there. Um, I was pitching a landscape mural to my small town and him and I got to thinking like, dude, what if there's tons of small towns that would want a landscape mural? Because yeah. these communities are built around one, the rail system was the first thing to come through town and yeah. people harvested a bunch of grain and stuff. And especially up in Canada too, Mitch wants to highlight some like, and, and same with me, there's a lot of, it's weird because in researching this project and trying to reach out to these towns, I've done a lot of research into the history of these towns just before I send them an email. Wow. And it's weird because a lot of these towns start off with, you know, oh, John Green started the town in 1835. <laughs> and like, no one really ever mentions any of like the indigenous or native history of oh, the town no. at all. Yeah. You know, it's all like really, really whitewashed. So through this landscape tour as well, we're hoping that we can paint murals for these towns that also can maybe speak to some of that, like what the land was before it was really developed. Wow. Maybe just, just show that, you know, this land was here before anyone else was even really here. Yeah. And trying to speak to that, and, but also give them something to be proud of, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, the people make their living off of harvesting grain and stuff from, from that land, but... Mm -hmm. The main goal is to get to like Yellowstone and like, so like start the tour in the Midwest doing flat corn, yeah. small barn. Yeah. And then eventually start doing like mountain murals and stuff towards the end of it. So oh man. Be pretty great. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. But yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hit, hit up Peru. Maybe. Dude, get please you do. on something like that. That'd yeah. Be I if, love collaborating. If they'd be open to something like that. Oh, for sure. I Maybe think we so. could shoot your dad a little mock up and be like, hey, man, <laughs> what size is the wall? Does he. Um, is it big? It'd probably be like 20 by 12. Nice. That's not bad. Yeah. That'd be dope. Are there any murals in town? Like anything that says, like, welcome to Peru or something um, like that? No, we're pretty limited. We have like an underpass, like right in the middle of um, downtown. And, well, downtown um but the couple old buildings yeah they've partnered with like peru high school art students and they've painted a few murals nice. um but it's just kind of like patchwork it's like not fully like all painted up mm. but um yeah very limited uh, but they do actually have a, sun, a like mural paint group actually i'm just now remembering um i forget what they call themselves but they have been painting a few Hmm. signs and murals dang that's cool yeah i feel like that town would be really really receptive to your skill set and your experience now thanks yeah and you can be like hey i'm from here <laughs> hey yeah they like stuff that comes from like there already you know oh yeah small towns just love yeah having their you know can come back and yeah yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> share their uh wealth or you know not wealth but like 
bring the money. Yeah, share their <laughs> their um, wealth of knowledge, their skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. This was super duper fun. This was so fun. I love chatting about art and stuff. Thank you for giving art, you know, artists a platform. I try. <laughs> I try. Um, where can people see your work? At Bootleg Sign Co. on Instagram or .com perfect. for website. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you guys for listening. Feel free to, uh, I guess, rate and review this on Apple Podcasts, I think is what helps other people find this. Um but yeah, shout out Emily Gable. Continue crushing. And uh, same to you. Looking forward to seeing more. Hopefully, a, per- a Peru mural. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> cool beans. Peace. Bye. Bye.